Welcome to Remodel Your Life. We are shining the light on women thriving in the trades and remodeling their life into something better. Join a female carpenter as she interviews women around the country about the incredible variety of careers and financial opportunities for women in construction and the skilled trades. And now, your host, Camille Finan. Hey, ladies, thank you so much for joining me again. Um, This is a really special episode. Uh, This is going in a little bit different direction than we've done before. As many of you know, I I love making money and I love making money with my shop. But it is a struggle sometimes to kind of get over your money fears and um, really step into something bigger for yourself. And so I get it. I've faced that many times myself. And as many of you know, we're getting ready for our big virtual summit in October, near the end of October. And uh, we have about, you know, 37 speakers right now. And I've had a lot of private conversations in the back end. And many of you are just really feeling uncomfortable and nervous about kind of putting yourself out there. So I thought I would bring a good friend of mine, Aaron Lindstrom on to come and talk about money and mindset and kind of how we, we, you know, we need to get over some of these mindset issues. So Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. So Aaron, why don't we start off just a little bit with what is this word mindset, right? A lot of people kind of throw it around in the industry. If you've never heard, like, you know, you need to get your mindset right. Um, how would you describe mindset to a seven-year-old? <laughs> yeah, so that's a great question. So mindset to me is the set of thoughts or ideas that we have in our minds that we we act as if they're truths. And so doing mindset work is kind of becoming curious about what are these rules I'm following and then pulling apart, like, is this actually serving me? Where did this come from? Why is this here? And do I want to keep it or lose it? Mm -hmm. So what would be like Mm -hmm. an example of a, what would be an example of like a, since you're a money and mindset expert, Mm -hmm. can you give me like a, like a story or a little bit of an example of like maybe a client without any names, right? Mm -hmm. Of like a money mindset issue that really played itself out and how you kind of help that person um, delve deeper into those thoughts that are sort of ingrained in us. Sure. So one of the biggest things that I see most frequently in women who are in business, and I think it's interesting because technically, if you were working, whether you have a job or your own business, I would say that you have your own business, whether you're working with one client or many, like that's up to you. But even if you just have one person and you go to work Monday through Friday, to me, that's just having one client that you are committed to. And that's fine. It's all good. Um, So most of the time when people come to me, they want more, meaning more money or to sell something, and they're afraid and they don't necessarily know why, but there's something about being salesy that just doesn't feel good. Now, typically that idea of being salesy and the fact that that's a negative thing usually comes from somewhere in childhood. 
Um, so we, when we learn about the world, when we watch TV, um, we'll see the salesperson depicted as like the car salesman, right? Who's like a slimy, creepy guy who you don't trust. And it brings up a lot of trust issues. So I've had many women come to me who are dealing with that. I have something around sales that like feels bad to me and I don't want to be like that to my clients or customers, but also I want to make money. And so what do I do? And the answer there to like, what do I do is really, I think starting with, okay, let's look at this. Like, why is being salesy a bad thing? Why do we have a negative connotation with that? And for the most part, when we can start to pull that apart and then actually ask ourselves, okay, is it ever good to be salesy? How can it be really supportive to let people know that you have something available? And we start to change the story that exists in our mind about that. And when you can do that and start to see it and start to trust it and trust yourself to show up, then you can actually sell with ease and flow and feeling like, oh, I'm helping people instead of, oh, I'm just showing up to grab their money. Because uh, most women are not trying to do that. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. what would you say to, um, you know, there's there's another uh, sort of industry line that's used a lot, which is selling is serving. And so how would you equate that to this? Like, are you, what do you think about that statement? Selling is serving. Yeah, I think selling is a part of the process to serve. So to me, being of service, we all have something on our hearts of like something we want to bring to the world. A lot of times that's a creative endeavor. We just love doing something and want to do more of it. To me, it's being of service by doing what you love and doing what you're called to do do. Like that on its own is of service. And then when it comes to selling, to me, that's another step in that process where if you are monetizing that gift that you have or that skill, then letting people know that your service is for sale is of service because they're getting what they want. And a lot of times what we're providing brings them joy or some sort of transformation or is helping them um, have the life that they're trying to have. So it's totally in service of each other for us for us each to claim our gifts and then to confidently stand up and sell them as it makes sense. Yeah. And what I was what that sort of brought up for me was, you know, if I withhold the gift that I'm good at, right? Like how yeah. like if I build beautiful kitchens, but I'm afraid to sell it to someone, well, how is someone gonna ever actually get a beautiful kitchen? Right. 100%. Like they're never going to see it. It just lives with me. So I try to, when I was learning sales myself a long time ago, I tried to just take my ego out of it, even though I knew I was nervous. I tried mm-hmm. to make it not about me and more about like, well, how am I actually serving the other person by sharing what I have for them? Right. Yeah. And that kind mm-hmm. of put, took the emphasis off of me. Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly how you do it with clients, but that's how, that's how I got over that. Um, the other thing is you have a lot of language around feeling safe being yourself and visibility. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about sort of the late, like you just have a really unique way of talking about that sure. um, and about like how if you weren't worried, if you could just be yourself selling and you felt safe there, how mm-hmm. would you present yourself? Right. So you can talk a little bit about that. Sure. So a lot of money mindset and sales stuff comes back to childhood for me um, and for many of my clients. And so when we are kids and we grow up, we look to money to keep, or I'm sorry, we look to our parents to keep us safe, right? And our parents have different lives and different capabilities, and they all show up in the 
I think the best way they can, but that's not always perfect. And what happens is as we grow up, we take that and make that our truth about safety. We have a set of rules kind of within us around how I need to behave or what I need to do in order to receive that safety. And so as we grow up and we think about like jobs or having our own business and sales, we tend to take those same stories about safeties with our parents and copy and paste it into money because now money is what keeps us safe. Instead of our parents paying the bills, money pays the bills. And so a lot of our relational things from our parents just gets transferred over. Mm-hmm. Now, this is important because <laughs> when you are when you are selling and when you are working on being abundant and having more, there's a lot of healing that I think needs to happen sometimes, depending on what you've gone through and what you believe now, in order to kind of open up that room for receiving. And to me, I always come back to this equation of expression plus service equals abundance. And so that abundance part really is the sales and the money kind of flowing in. The service part is the work that you're doing in the world. And the expression is really like, how are you showing up and being you? Because expression can look a many, many different ways. And if you learned that, you know, a lot of times girls are told like they're meant to be seen and not heard. And when you got in trouble, you like were to go to your room and come back when you can have a calm conversation. So we're taught all of these things about expression as kids that then when you're in the adult world and trying to sell your services, we kind of have to unlearn a good portion of them. Because in the business world, you have to kind of show up and shine in order to be seen and heard. And if you didn't learn that that was safe, then it requires creating that trust with yourself and trust with the world around you to show up and really shine in that way and know that you're safe. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, you know, we all have mindset issues, right? Right, I I have some, but mine are, mine are traditionally around money. Mm -hmm. I've had like no uncomfortableness making money and wanting money and, doing what it took in the offline world for many years. But I, you know, my mindset issues around visibility online, right? Because I grew up in business offline, very comfortable in front of clients, very comfortable selling myself in the real world. Right. But, but I have a real thing with the online world. Right. And I'm also an introvert. So for me, you know, doing the podcast is way out of my comfort zone already. And so for me to be even more visible, like that's my hang up, right? So we all kind of have them no matter really how successful you are. Um, What would be like three tips you might give me to be more comfortable with my expression part, not so much the service part, but the expression part that might help someone listening? Yep. So I would say this kind of comes down to three main things. And this is helpful in, I think, anything that you're kind of doing when it comes to being more of yourself. The first thing is to get really curious about yourself and like, who are you? What do you like? And it's kind of this um, identity adventure you get to go on um, to really get to know yourself. And when you can know yourself, then you can be yourself. And if it comes up that maybe you feel like you're not being totally yourself sometimes, you can get curious about that too and ask, okay, if I'm not being myself, who am I being? And is that version of me that's showing up like even more of me? Is that who I'm trying to be? Or is it a version of me hiding? And so really just getting curious about like, who am I? What do I really like? What do I believe? What are my values? And kind of figuring that out. Hmm. The second thing I would say is that how 
how can you be more in your power? And what I mean around that is like, if I were to hand you the mic and ask you, like, if you were to billboard in Times Square, what would it say? If you were to rant for five minutes about something, like, what do you think that everyone should know? If you're really passionate about something, we want to kind of just dive into that and see what's there because that becomes the paint that you can kind of paint with on everything. It's what always gives you something to say. And a lot of showing up, especially online, is about showing yourself to people so they can get to know, like, and trust you. And then the third thing is about action. So you don't have to do everything. And I think that's important to know. Like, if you want something, I think it's important to know what you want. And then what are you willing to do to show up for that? And what can that commitment look like? So actually deciding what that commitment is and knowing that it can be a small thing. Maybe it is um, just showing up on Instagram every once in a while, or maybe it is um, starting to post on social media, or maybe it's even just working on one-on-one relationships where you're reaching out to potential clients or prospects and actually building one-on-one relationships with people. But whatever it is, I think you want to identify that and commit to that and then show yourself you're actually building trust by showing up and doing that tiny thing. Hmm. Okay. So pretty, pretty small, easy, easy to do steps is what I'm hearing. (laughs) I mean, we want this to be success. I think so many times we make these huge complicated plans almost as an excuse not to do them. And I'm someone who's like, okay, if we want this, how can we make it fun and easy? And I always kind of ask myself that whenever I have an idea or a vision, the first thing I ask is like, okay, do I want this? Yes. And then how can it be fun and easy? Because if it's hard, I'm not going to do it. And that's not really of service to anyone, including myself. Right. Yeah. I I love that. I love both of those. Those are great. I can do that. (laughs) Yeah. I can do that. We want to make it like fun. This is life. And I really feel like, you know, we only have one lifetime as far as I know in this body and, you know, probably like 80 ish years. And if we're not out here having a good time, doing what we love, making connections, what's the point? Yeah. You're, you'll never get out alive. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. No one gets out alive. So what can we do? What would be the most, uh, Glennon Doyle says like the truest and most beautiful version of your life. And so I like to play with that in both, you know, business and personal. Yeah, that's great. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try to make it more fun for myself. Um, And so another thing that I really love about your sort of angle or slant on this is you really, you really, um, you spend a lot of time on just people as human beings, right? And so you have this thing called the human being club, which I absolutely love. It's so clever, (laughs) but it's basically like a place to be yourself and be a business or learn how to be a business. And uh, can you talk a little bit about what's unique about that? You have this real like yin and yang, half and half, which I definitely feel like has been missed. I mean, I've been self-employed for 35 years, but you know, 90% of it, not online, right? Because there was no internet, Facebook, Instagram. And I definitely missed this yin and yang in my personal life, right? My business was absolutely everything. And um, I love that you're bringing this into this environment of like really cherishing and healing because it is hard to be a business owner. It is hard to be an entrepreneur. It is hard to be creative and constantly create stuff and move stuff out and have people judge it, right? As a business. So can you speak a little bit about like how this club actually serves these people? Absolutely. So Human Being Club is 
basically like my nine years in business, if I could pick one thing that like is the message for people, it is like, this is all about choices. And then like a friendly reminder that we're all human beings. You're not just human. You're not just being, there's both parts here. And when you're building a business and building a life that is based on that, like I have this gift, I have something that's been put on my heart and I want to do this. To me, that that's the being part of you. And the human part has the responsibility of kind of taking the steps in that direction and also has to deal with all of the life obstacles that sometimes get in the way. Um, so Human Being Club is really set up so we get to support both parts of you. So on the human side, I do a lot of sales strategy work, a lot of, of like, oh, this is your idea. Great. Here are three steps to actually go do it. Um, and it's very, very helpful. Sometimes it's like we're inside of a jar and we can't read our own label. So that gives me an opportunity to just help people to be that outside eye of like, oh, I see this and this, and then they can take that and run with it. And sometimes it's just a tiny tweak. And then on the being side of things, it's really about how can I receive more and what needs to be healed in order for me to receive that. So when we talk about money mindset, a lot of times, like if people come to me and they want to be making 10,000 a month or a hundred thousand a month, it doesn't really matter the number. But there's going to be practical steps they have to take. And then there's the being side of it, which is like, all right, who, who do you have to become to do this? And that's more, you know, interpersonal relationships. It's trusting the universe that you're not doing this all by yourself. Not everything is on your shoulders. And figuring out how to find that balance of how do I create a life that is joyful and fun and I'm hitting my goals. And so inside Human Being Club, it's really beautiful because everyone um, is open and shares vulnerably and honestly. And it's everything from, you know, I had this conversation with my mom and it like, didn't go well. And how do I handle this from the outside looking in to I have this client and he wants to sign up with me, but he hasn't paid his contract. Like, how do I close this sale? And I really love looking at both of those things because it all counts and it all matters. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, you're right. When you just it's describe not, that, it's I'm not like, fun to have no money in your business and your personal life to be a wreck. It's not, you know, like I want you to be rich in both areas. Yeah. And definitely mm -hmm. like in the construction and woodworking and creative field, whatever we're calling it now, it used to just be construction, but now it's got yeah. a thousand words for the same thing, basically. Mm -hmm. But it's a very stressful, it's a, it's a great field to be in. Obviously, I'm very passionate about it. And it definitely saved my life. But it is a stressful business to be in. There's a lot of things coming at you with clients, right? I mean, building kitchens and doing 20 kitchens a month is very stressful. Right? right. There's a right. lot going on there. And you're right. right. Like I would have loved to have a place to go, a soft place to go to not just talk about the sales and closing clients and problems in the business or sale, you know, like those things, but also like my personal life, like, and how it's tied together, because you're absolutely right. There was many times that I pulled back because there was shit going on in my personal life. Right. Yeah. And I did, mm -hmm. I couldn't deal with it. So I kind of let stuff go on my business. Right. Right. And if I had had a place to deal with that, I, I would have been able to handle that in real time. So I love yeah. that combination. That's a really, really unique combination. And especially for this industry, the woodworking industry, where there's inherently creativity and stress kind of go together. They're like right. equal sides of the coin. 
I think that's a really beautiful thing that you offer that. Um, so we've talked a little bit about money mindset and, and this has all been wonderful. And I'm really hoping this helps some of the ladies that are, you know, getting prepared for their, for the event and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit of your background personally and sort of how you came into this and, um, you know, how, how you started this business kind of. Sure. So my background, my, I went to college for international affairs and elementary education (laughs) with a, I'm going to change the world attitude, which I still have, (laughs) but it has shifted in the how, right? (laughs) Um, And I ended up, I started a master's in nonprofit management and I love leadership. I love business development. And I had a very hard time trying to comprehend how I was supposed to give my life to this work and not really make any money. Like it didn't seem like that was the best case scenario for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped my master's in nonprofit management. I did coach training and I stepped into the online space to be a coach. And as I actually came in, um, really thinking I was going to niche down in holistic health and really thinking about the full person, not just the food, but spirituality and trust and relationships and all of that being just as important as food. And as things kind of progressed, I had two kids. And during my second pregnancy, I was like, wow, I don't want to talk about kale ever again. So (laughs) what do I want to do instead? And I kind of like listened to what was around me and what I really enjoyed helping people with. And that was copy and writing and helping them figure out how to express themselves to make more money in their business. And so I started doing that and uh, worked with a friend and her copywriting agency and then started doing my own stuff around um, sales strategy. The money mindset piece was huge because it's such a part of the copy. Like when you're trying to be creative and make money, the the mindset is all right there because it matters what you think is possible Mm -hmm. um, as far as then being able to create it. And so I've been doing that now for about seven years. Wow. And so for those people that don't know what copywriting is, can you mm-hmm. explain in the online marketing world what copywriting is? Yes. And I did not know what copywriting was either. I might have gone to college for it if I knew what it was. Um, copywriting is basically all of the written words for marketing. That is called copy. And uh, writing it is when you write all of that. So this is when you look at businesses and scroll around their um their web pages. It's all of the words on there. It's their social media captions. It's the copy in Facebook ads and emails that are like, Hey, don't forget this is in your cart. And just like relationship building emails too. That's all considered copy for your business. And so why is that important? Like, why do you have to learn how to do that? Right? Like what's it actually doing for the client? Yeah, it's really important because it's building a relationship with them of trust. And the sales process is about more than like, oh, you want a kitchen? It's $50,000. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Like so so many people can do the same thing. And and when you have the ability to actually build a relationship with someone, to introduce yourself, to show them like what you see when you walk into the kitchen and why a kitchen is so powerful and important and the core of the home. And then they see your work and then you tell them how much it is they understand that investment and they're ready to say yes because they know, like, and trust you. And that's really what like your copy or your whole sales process can do is how do I build this relationship? So it feels good to both of us. And it's a win-win that we're working together. Yeah. I like to think of copywriting as like, um, 
like positively persuading or influencing someone that needs your product to consider you for the product. <laughs> like, like it, it's, and I would say too, like, yeah, I, I think business building is the biggest personal development project you can do. And like many of us are using sales strategies without even knowing it when we're like, Oh, I want pizza for dinner. Who in your family do you have to get on board with that? Right. Yeah. Like, and if you were to write them a text that was like, Hey babe, like, Mm, I'm really hungry. I am just thinking about pizza. Like, how does that sound to you? Is different than like, Tom, I want pizza. And like, that's the power of copy and persuasion is like, it's how you're saying what you're saying to really bring meaning and movement to it. Yeah. And how you're also showing your, uh, you're also how, how you share your competitive advantage, right? Like what's different about your kitchen cabinet company from another kitchen cabinet company? Like how you describe that to them is Mm -hmm. also part of the persuasion, right? Because you're connecting with the right kind of person that you want to serve. So to me, all of that is copywriting. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I would say so much of that, like your competitive advantage is your heart. And if you have never learned to really like trust or to share that or like that's safe, that's kind of the unlearning that goes with all of this because when people connect with you emotionally, that's what brings them over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I was inherently doing this 25 years ago without knowing that's what was happening, but I was, you know, I wasn't the only girl carpenter I've ever met still (laughs) in real life. I know there's more out there, but, um, and so I, I pressed hard on that competitive advantage, which most people saw as a weakness. I saw as an advantage because I could immediately connect with the woman of the house with almost effortlessly. Right. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was my secret weapon. And then the, you're right. They were connecting with me, with my heart and how much I cared about the problems they had and the things they were frustrated about, which most of the other contractors just completely glossed over and ignored. So you're right. right that was their heart connecting to like my heart about their job. And mm-hmm. that's why I got like 99% closing rate <laughs> without really yeah. knowing. Um, it's incredible when you show up with that, like ability to connect like connection closes connection closes oh that's so mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. ladies write that down connection yeah. <laughs> connection and men yeah. we, we have a lot of men that listen to hey we're happily married we love men okay so yeah. connection right. closes men can connect as well it yes. just tends to be a feminine thing that we almost think is bad about us is that like oh i have so many feelings or we're taught that by the yeah. media and so it's kind of like nope this is actually a strength especially in business yeah. I, oh, I absolutely think it's a strength in business. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I love that. Connection closes. Um, so I know you're busy. You've got lots of things going on, but I know you have a, a kind of a free little workshop that might help some of our ladies who are feeling a little nervous about the virtual summit and trying to get prepared and kind of like really freaking out a little bit. And um, so can you sort of share a little bit about your, this little free workshop you have that kind of little course that kind of might help them a little bit with the concept of selling a little bit or putting themselves out there a little more? Yes. So if you're listening to this and you're kind of like, "Mm, interesting, it might make you uncomfortable. It might make you excited. But if you're having some sort of reaction and want to like dig a little deeper, I have a course that is now free. It's called shiny sales. And it is a, a combination of both sales and money mindset. So if you think you would like more or are open to entertaining the idea of like, what would more look like in my life, whether that's more joy, more money, more independence, like whatever it is, 
you are welcome to come join me in there at shinysalescourse.com. And I'm around for questions. And like, if you're on this journey, I've got your back. I love it. Well, ladies, I highly recommend you guys go and go and get that. We'll put it in the show notes and, um, you know, and just to full circle it again, remember she's got this awesome club called human being club that might just really help you as a growing business owner and entrepreneur to, you know, feel like you want to want more, more money, more sales, but also recognize the human part of you and the struggle that goes along with that. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. And then, um, you know, she is considering that she might do a, some speaking at the summit and we can kind of dive deep into some of these things. But Aaron, thank you so much for your time and just sort of helping us get better with our money and our mindset. Yeah, you are so welcome. This is like what should be taught in school, but isn't. So I'm happy to help. And I hope to see you guys on the interwebs if you need any support. for listening to Remodel Your Life. I sure have enjoyed being with you today. And if you really like our show, we'd love it if you would subscribe through iTunes. You can always send us feedback through email at Camille at RemodelYourLifePodcast.com. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Remodel Your Life Podcast. This episode has ended, but your remodeling journey can continue. Head over to RemodelYourLifePodcast.com to access all the resources, tools, and links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, get your hands dirty and create the life you want from the foundation up. And thanks again to Blue Apron. I just love cooking with them and so appreciate their support of my show. Mm-hmm.